listening to the coffee hour i'm eddie bates sarah's away today she'll be back with us soon fear not um, but we do get to talk about disasters and uh, hopefully without sarah here today it won't be a disaster uh, but we have the right people in studio to help with that we're going to talk with lcvs disaster response today thanks to concordia university wisconsin for their support of the coffee hour find out more about concordia university wisconsin at cuw.edu Live Uncommon. Joining me in studio, the Reverend Michael Meyer. He's Director of Disaster Training for the LCMS Disaster Response. Thanks so much for joining me in studio today, Pastor Meyer. Andy, thanks for having me. So, uh, speaking of, um, I think there's an update to your title, and perhaps we shared it last time as well, but that means that the, the team, uh, LCMS Disaster Response, has has grown a little bit and able to zero in and focus on um, some specific areas. Tell us a little bit more about your new role, which has probably been a year or so. Everything's been lost in the last, uh, blurry in the last year yeah, with, we could with just the pandemic. Put so. a big X on 2020. <laughs> I think most people would be happy with that. Um, yeah, so there's a kind of been, it's not a, it's not a split of the program, but it's more so um, an enlarging of the program, a recognition that uh, uh, the importance for training in response is virtually immeasurable. I mean, there's a lot of studies out there that say for every for every dollar that you spend in preparedness, uh, <laughs> that they'll save an, an organization will save ten dollars on the response side of things when it when it comes time to disaster. And hmm. that's not just when it, when they're impacted, but when they're out responding. So uh, we think about all of the different entities that we have in our church body, recognized service organizations, districts, and congregations. What we want to try and do is help them to be prepared to respond to things in their community, because then they're better they're better equipped if we have this conversation on the front end. It's always a little more difficult if we wait until that disaster to occur to actually get in there and do it. Now, we'll still do it. We'll still go and we'll help congregations and we'll help districts. Uh, but we'd really we'd really prefer it to uh, that conversation to take place on the front end because it'll save us all time, it'll save us money, and we'll be able to have a more effective, efficient response in the process. I hadn't really thought about that from a financial perspective. You know, I thought about it organizationally. It's certainly helpful to be prepared. Um, to to think things through, have a plan, but hadn't thought about that financially. How much of a difference? I had never heard of that uh, that ratio. That uh, a, a every dollar spent in in planning or in training, equipping saves roughly what ten dollars. Yeah, yeah. So think about it in the off season. If you're able to, if you're able to buy and purchase equipment, mm-hmm. you can do it in an area where it's cheaper. You can do it at a time when it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. But if uh, let's say a hurricane were to to hit down in uh, the Houston area. Uh, of Texas, like we had Hurricane Harvey in 2017, well, the ability to acquire the needed equipment locally is so incredibly difficult, and it's much, much more expensive to get drywall for rebuilding and all these other things uh, when you're doing it in response. But if you have all this equipment in place beforehand, you're, you're able to uh, uh, leverage you know, certain mm-hmm. partnerships that we might have, and we're able to uh, make it more efficient. 
Interesting. Well, very helpful. So speaking of disasters, you referenced a disaster back in 2017. The last two years, last year and a half, have been um, a bit confusing, maybe blurry, uh, with the pandemic itself being a disaster, and but uh, just a, a huge challenge. But lots of natural disasters and other things that have happened over that time as well. More recently, before we uh, came in, uh, before we came on the air today, you shared that it's kind of been somewhat quiet. You know, it has been. There's been a few things. I mean, last year with the pandemic, people didn't notice that mm-hmm. there were natural disasters as much. They were, they were still occurring. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, COVID didn't uh, didn't really respect the fact that uh, that we didn't want tornadoes or hurricanes or both. You know, and a pandemic, but uh, we still had those things. So there was a, a large derecho that hit Iowa, uh, eastern part of Iowa, last summer, last fall. There were four named storms, uh, wow. hurricanes that hit uh, the Gulf Coast in Louisiana, two of them within about 10 miles of each other, one of them a Category 4 hurricane. I mean, just so really significant impact in the fall. Uh, For the most part, our response, our uh, national response to those uh, uh, disasters is kind of wound down. But we, we, we did have uh, some tornadoes in the spring down south in Alabama uh, earlier in March. And then uh, about a month and a half ago, maybe only a month ago, uh, there was a small tornado that uh, impacted a lot of people in the Chicago suburbs. And we've got some volunteers there with some equipment, some a couple of big lifts to help remove trees from on top of people's homes and whatnot. The need for – we haven't put out a big vol- call for volunteers in, in – in, uh, uh, in that case, simply because the, the 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 yard sizes are such that they just they just can't receive a lot of volunteers mm-hmm. per each site, and the equipment that's needed is is uh, at this point more important than the people that are needed to operate the equipment and and pull and drag and that kind of stuff. So, the 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 local groups are ha- have that well in hand. You mentioned um, the last year, I think it was the derecho in in Iowa. I think that was a learning experience for all of us. Not many of us were familiar with a, a derecho, um, and I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. But that was a learning experience, learning about that that weather event and um, that that it's kind of a unique event. Have there been other disasters in your time here that have been more of a learning experience? You never knew about something like that. Obviously, the the derecho was kind of new for most of us. Yeah, I think that's that was new for just about all of us. I mean, I hadn't really heard of derechos until I started working in disaster response mm-hmm. uh, eight years ago. And so, uh, but in those eight years, I've heard of it several times, but this has been the first significant derecho uh, that, that we've responded to. Uh, and this is, I mean, this is for those that don't, that still aren't familiar with it. It's just, it's like an inland hurricane. So there's straight line winds coming from severe thunderstorms that uh in some cases, were 120, 130 miles an hour uh, sustained, uh, and it goes through uh, entire swaths of you know just hundreds of thousands of acres of, of uh, farmland were impacted. Not to mention farm homes, and then into the cities around Cedar Falls, uh, uh, excuse, excuse me, Cedar Rapids, uh, and and that area, and and west of there, and a little east as well. So I mean. It, it's very much like a hurricane, more so than a tornado. A tornado is very narrow in its in its impact. You you drive a mile and you're out of the damage, but in a hurricane you can drive 40 or 50 miles and you're still in the path of the uh, of the disaster. And that it was very much like that with the derecho. It looked looked like looked like a hurricane hit Iowa. Wow. 
and there aren't large enough bodies of water. <laughs> no, no, no. We expect that more in the, in the the tropical regions. That's right, in the south along the Gulf yeah. Coast, uh, the Atlantic Coast, and then maybe 150 miles inland, and then it, they die off, and you'll still get rain, you'll still get some wind, but you get much past that 150 miles, and uh, the odds of you getting hit by a major hurricane, mm-hmm. uh, while it's still strong, are pretty slim. How much have you learned about weather since you, <laughs> since you've taken on this role? More, more, more than, than I would have <laughs> uh, expected on the front end. I'll tell you this: when I go to buy a new home again, uh-huh. uh, when if if I ever go through that process again, I will look at everything completely different. Uh, for where, <laughs> for 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 where's the, where are the swells in the land, the water, mm-hmm. and what, uh, how close are the trees to the house? If they fall, are they going to hit it? You know, uh, all of these things. How, do I have more than one way in and out of the the? Uh, the neighborhood, all those things are going to be things that are in my head that I won't be able to get rid of, <laughs> for better or for worse. How many personal chainsaws have you invested in <laughs> since this? <laughs> uh, I've had, uh, I'm on my third. Um, uh, so yeah, my my third my third chainsaw, and uh, uh, that's that's not counting all the others that that we've. You know, utilized, yeah, utilized and had our hands on and and uh, working. So I mean, but it. I mean, this is all we we, we kind of laugh and you know we have we have fun with it. You kind of yeah. have to if you if you're into this work, you you need to have fun with it because um, uh, otherwise it just it wears you down emotionally and psychologically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you engage with other groups, with people who are interested in helping their neighbor, uh, and it it can be a very rewarding uh, thing as well. And thank you for for pointing to helping our neighbor. That's really what this is about, is helping our neighbor, particularly in the in the name of Christ, of bringing that mercy of Christ. Where do we see, in what ways do we see that that mercy of Christ and, and, and the, the good news of Jesus um, shared, proclaimed when doing this mercy work, uh, caring for our neighbors? We see that in, uh, just being carried out in the lives of those who bring help and assistance. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, when we, we have our alert training, Lutheran Early Response Teams, and a part of that training is helping volunteers, new volunteers, recognize that when they go out into a disaster field, it's not just about stuff, but it's about people, because they're going into people's homes, what's left of them, mm-hmm. uh, and they're, they're cleaning up after the, the, the storm. And so much of that is interacting with the homeowners. That doesn't mean that everybody on a team uh, spends an entire day uh, pestering the homeowner with questions, mm-hmm. but oftentimes these teams will have one or two individuals who are particularly adept at talking with uh, with uh, families or couples. And hey, what? How has this impacted you as a family? What does this What does this mean for you and your life and your livelihood now? And they find themselves really learning more about individuals than we would ever guess. Uh, mm-hmm. And they find themselves praying. Uh, and sharing the the comfort that we have uh, in Jesus Christ, that even though all of uh, all of their life's goods may have been taken away, uh, God's love for them in Christ remains forever, and that that is something that moth and rust can't destroy. Hmm. And then they connect these families with congregations. So sometimes these uh, the individuals that are helped are already connected with congregations, right? They're members or they're uh, extended family members of a, of a member or a neighbor, and so there's there's kind of vocational contacts there already, and we 
we utilize those uh, to strengthen those connections uh, and connect them, Lord willing, to what happens on Sunday morning uh, in word and in sacrament. Because all this mercy, all this love that, that is being shown for the neighbor flows from the altar and of that local congregation. Hmm. And I think so many of the, the volunteers, so many who have served on alert team and, and served in these opportunities to uh, show mercy to their neighbor have really found uh, joy in, in serving and, uh, you shared with us last time we talked about a new website to help people connect to these LERT training opportunities and to, to join LERT teams. And I want to share more about that in just a moment, um, the, the new website and, and the information we can gain there and uh, how we can be connected through that website. We'll do that in just a moment. We're talking with the Reverend Michael Meyer. He's Director of Disaster Training for LCMS Disaster Response. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. We are talking with the Reverend Michael Meyer, Director of Disaster Training for LCMS Disaster Response. And uh, just a moment ago, we were talking about the um, some of the disasters that have happened in the last year or two, and the ways that um, that LCMS members have been able to show mercy to their neighbors in response to these disasters, caring for them, having conversations when with one uh, who's experienced a, a disaster, lost their home after a tornado or a flood. And, and being able to, to share the comfort that we have of, of Christ in those times um, all, at the same time while also helping care for them in their physical needs, uh, cleaning up a, uh, after a disaster or helping them get connected with the resources they need. And the people that serve in these ways are, are, are volunteers. How do these, how do volunteers get connected? How do they get, find out about training those who want to become a, a volunteer with a alert team and talk more about what alert is for those who haven't seen that or are familiar with that. And, and then the new resource to get us all connected. So first of all, what is alert? Yeah. Lutheran early response team. It's a training program. That's uh, uh, kind of, risen out of the desire for congregations to host, uh, receive con- uh, uh, volunteers, and also mm-hmm. to send them out uh, after a disaster. Uh, our training meets the minimum requirements that FEMA has established for faith-based volunteers. Uh, it is a six-hour training that takes place on a Saturday, and you can contact us or your district disaster response coordinator uh, for information on how to schedule one of these uh, trainings at your congregation. We talk about uh, congregation preparedness locally, and then kind of shifted into, well, what does this mean if a disaster happens in that next community over, right? Not our own, but that next one that has another local church, a Lutheran church. Mm-hmm. How would we interact with them? How would we interact with other volunteers and, and all of those things? Uh, for information on that, 
you can find information on this on lcms-lert.org. Uh, so lcms-lert.org. Um, and I, I suppose before I get into talking about all of the benefits of the software, I should kind of give a disclaimer on how things used to work uh, as far as uh, volunteers were concerned. When, when somebody went through a, a training, their information was shared with the district disaster response coordinator. We, that's the, an individual in each district that is responsible for coordinating response efforts. And generally, they're a volunteer. Sometimes they're on district staff, uh, but generally they're a volunteer. They could be a pastor or they could be a layman or a church worker, a deaconess, something along, some, uh, along those lines. Um, and then that district coordinator, if something were to happen, would pull out their list uh, and email their volunteers. Uh, now, challenges that we were coming across is that uh, because some of our, volu- our, our coordinators or volunteers themselves, if something were to happen to them uh, or uh, they stepped away from service, the, the information wasn't always handed over uh, in, uh, in, in, in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Maybe they didn't keep really great records or, or whatnot. So in the process, even though we've I think we've trained, there's been, I think there's really good estimates here, over 20,000 LCMS members in Lutheran Early Response Team training. Um, with that said, we have, we have uh, the documented uh, 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 registration forms for about four to four and a half thousand of those. Right, so 25 percent, uh, less I than see. 25, probably only 20 percent of those who have been through the training, uh, do we actually have record of? So we, we we decided to sit down and say, how can we how can we make this work better and be and provide a service to our districts, to our congregations, and to our volunteers who want to engage, to give them a mechanism in order to do that. And so that was where we started researching uh, different. Uh, different volunteer software programs, and we settled on one. Uh, and like I said, you can find it at lcms-lert.org. And on that webpage, you can find all sorts of wonderful, wonderful things. There's blog posts on the value of gift cards. There's uh, the most recent reporter article that just that just posted uh, about the, the software. That reporter article is now a blog post on our uh, on this website. You can you can uh, uh, follow the the button right in the middle to uh, for volunteer opportunities. Where where are their trainings? Where are their deployments right now? You can see it in a list form. You can click on it so that it opens it up as a map, and you can see kind of push pins on a Google map of where are we active now in disaster response. Uh, and you can click on the pin, and it'll tell you where the church is. It'll tell you what time the training or the deployment is, and then you can sign up for that as well. You can log in, create a, an account. You can receive automatic notifications. Uh, we can use this to communicate with our volunteers. If uh, and we've done this a couple of times, where there was, I think it was Hurricane Elsa was coming up the the western coast of Florida. Just uh, just a few weeks ago, it went through the Caribbean. We thought that it hit that it uh, would had the potential of of um, uh, growing into a significant storm. It didn't, thank the Lord. But we thought the potential was there. So our Florida Georgia District Coordinator sent out an announcement to all of their volunteers uh, that said, you know, we're we we're tracking and monitoring this. We'll be doing assessing afterwards. So stay in t- uh, stay in touch with our website, and you'll receive uh, notifications uh, with updates. So 
In the past, if people wanted to know what was going on, they called that local pastor. Hey, are you okay? Uh, uh, how's that going? Well, now, now we can push out all that information through this software, and volunteers can go there as opposed to having 500 volunteers all call one person, say, <laughs> what's going on? No, we'll get, you're going to get this, and it'll be in a timely fashion, and you'll be able to put in your skill sets. Uh, in, I mean, so there's, you can edit your own profile, put down uh, your, what the congregation you're at, the district you're from. If you're interested in chainsaw work or uh, uh, other he- heavy labor or muck out or, mm-hmm. or uh, uh, coordination of different things, or case management, all kinds of things, you can put in your profile what, what kind of things you're interested in. And then we can send out an email to only to people who want to do chainsaw work. Only to people who want to, we can send an email to people who want to just help with case management, people filling out their FEMA paperwork and that kind of thing. If you click that button and we have a need for that and we, we can send out a communication based just on that. Um, or you can decide to, to fan every single district and receive all of the, uh, the, the emails that you could possibly want <laughs> uh, to, to get that proactively as well. Because you just like traveling across the country as exactly. volunteer. We do have, we do have awesome. uh, small teams that, uh, that will literally go uh, anywhere across the, the eastern half of the country. Right? I've yet to have a team that – I've yet to have full teams that will cross the Rocky Mountains – uh, so we've got teams west of the Rockies. We've got teams, a lot of teams. Most of ours are east of the Rockies. Uh, and we'll have individuals that cross over. Mm-hmm. But I've yet to have a full team uh, cross the continental divide for that direction. I hear a challenge. So. <laughs> I, I think this can be a challenge. I, if your team is out there doing this sort of thing, let us know. Join with us. We want to we wanna partner. Very good. Very good. It sounds very organized. Are you feeling like this is a step in the right direction in terms of how you're organizing training and, and volunteers? Oh, absolutely. A step in the right direction. In fact, all of our coordinators have access to the site so that they can schedule their own trainings. They can do these things. So it doesn't all fall on us. Mm-hmm. Now, they don't have access to all of the information. They have access to their little piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. But they can they can schedule the trainings. They can schedule the deployments. And we can support them in that with the software. And then it's handed on from one to the next. And we can all see what everybody else is doing. Speaking of training, I want to talk about that in just a moment. Anything else about the new lcms-alert.org website? Just real quickly, uh, within the next couple of months, the rest of the Office of National Mission is going to be uh, bringing in and raising up a similar site that will connect on the back end with ours, so that when you come go to our site uh, by Christmas, uh, you'll be able to see other volunteer opportunities for the rest of the Office of National Mission. And when you go to their similar site, you'll be able to see volunteer opportunities and disaster response so that we can try and integrate all of our volunteers together to recognize that, uh, you know, there's more outside of our, our our little bubble of responsibility. There's other opportunities so that when things are quiet like they have been this last, the last several months, maybe there's opportunities for us to to uh, go to a life march or to uh, engage uh, a congregation in the urban and inner city uh, to help them clean up their uh, their grounds. So I, there's lots and lots of possibilities here that we're looking forward to implementing in the, the near future. Great, great. So great ways to a, a great way to be connected for opportunities to serve, whether in our own community or in other communities. Outstanding. Um, let's talk about training. Uh, you referenced training for volunteers, LERT training. Uh, what, you, you said it happens typically on a Saturday, six hours on a Saturday. What happens in that training? What If I were to attend that training, what would I be equipped to do? What am I going to learn in that? 
Well, before you learn anything, you'd receive a few things. You'd log into the system, our, our alert system. That's how you would uh, sign up for one of these trainings, uh, and you can see where they're scheduled. But when you arrive the day of, uh, you'll be able to receive an alert volunteer manual that, so that everything that's covered in the, the presentation that day would, would come home in a book with you. You'd get a, a T-shirt as well, an LCMS Disaster Response T-shirt with high visibility green uh, so that if you go and are out on the disaster field, nobody will miss you, right? Particularly those, those heavy equipment operators. Mm -hmm. You do not want them to, to not see you. Right, that's a double negative, right? You want them to see you so they don't run you over. Um, and then you're, you're going to learn how to safely volunteer uh, in a disaster site, how to do it within the, the, the larger context of volunteers from all across the United States all meeting and gathering in one area. How can we do this together in, in, an, in an edifying way that's good for, uh, for us, safe, but also good and efficient for the people who need the help? So that all happens typically on a Saturday in six hours, ready. Then once they've gone through the training, then I'm ready and equipped to serve in a disaster setting as a volunteer, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, local congregations, you can they can host a training on their own, or we generally occur, uh, uh, encourage this to take place at the circuit level so that all congregations mm -hmm. kind of come together for one single training. And then you might have four or five from each congregation that are then able to take that back uh, as leaders now and start forming the what what could be a team in their own congregation. Now you can you can engage in the alert program as an individual. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be a part of a team. If you're in the software system, you can volunteer at any one of the events uh, and you'll be connected when you get there with other volunteers who want to help as well. But you can also go with a team and have four or five, you could have 20 that go for spring break or go for a week in the summer, or go for a Saturday, or a Tuesday, or whatever day is good for you that is available uh, for that deployment, you can, you can make it work. Outstanding. Who is eligible to, for the training, for alert training? Uh, anyone over the age of 14. We've recently opened this up to high school-age youth. Now, there's some things that high school-age youth can't do, like uh, we, we aren't training them to be chain sawyers, so they're not going to be able to operate the chainsaw. Mm -hmm. Now, when they turn 18, they can go through the chainsaw training uh, and uh, and learn how to safely do that. Uh, but when they're in, in high school, it's a little bit different. High schoolers will get a, a different color vest as well, uh, and that's so that uh, the team leader can look and say, all right, that color vest can do that. That this particular uh, uh, activity. Mm -hmm. This other color vest. Oh, you're getting too close to the chainsaw uh, crew. Uh, maybe we need to create some more distance between them for safety and liability reasons. Very good. Very good. Uh, again, lcms-alert.org is the site to check out, see all the great information, and to get connected to sign up for training and other opportunities there as well. Yeah. My guest today, the Reverend Michael Meyer. He's Director of Disaster Training for LCMS Disaster Response. Thanks so much for being my guest on the Coffee Hour today. Thank you for having me. I'm Andy Bates. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.